Hi, um, thank you for listening to this latest Changing the World podcast from the University of Leeds. Uh, my name is Alex Holloway from the School of Languages, Cultures and Societies at Leeds. And today I have the pleasure of being in conversation with the Vice-Chancellor, Professor Simone Portendijk, to discuss the theme of her latest blog, Perfectionism. As someone who's interested in how organisations and leaders can support people experiencing mental health problems, I was invited to chair this discussion. And um, I'm also joined by um, another Alex, Dr. Alex Ding, also from the School of Languages, Cultures and Societies. So thank you to you both and uh, welcome. Um, I thought, Simone, we could start by talking about how you would describe perfectionism. Yeah, I think there, there are many ways, um, Alex, to describe it. Um, for me, it's this, this need to do everything perfect, everything to a standard that's actually unattainable. So maybe I should immediately caveat perfect with my firm impression that that's something that we cannot achieve. So if we're striving to achieve the unachievable, um, I think we're getting ourselves in trouble. So it, it took me a while, I say that in my blog too, to realize that perfectionism is actually not a good thing to have. And I think it's because perfect is an impossible state. And if we want to be there, we're just going to make ourselves miserable. And probably others as well. It's not unimportant. Mm -hmm. And Alex, does this also resonate with you? Or do you have a diff slightly different perspective on it? I think the what happened to, to me was I was thinking about responses to, to the blog post on perfectionism. And then that solicited lots of thoughts about um, whether perfectionism is a, a symptom or a cause of the higher education structures. Um, by that, I mean whether, in a sense, perfectionism is, is sort of built into the, the way that way that things are measured, uh, the kind of metrics of higher education and, and wondering whether thinking of it as an individual symptom or a characteristic of individuals and trying to turn that on its head a little bit and thinking whether it's it's a problem of structure. It, it's the kind of encouragements for or incentivizing towards unattainable perfection by by measuring everything, I think, in part. So it provoked a lot of those kinds of thoughts. Simone, did you want to respond to that now? Yeah, sure. I think it's interesting to think about perfectionism as both something that can plague individuals, but also can plague uh, systems and institutions. Um, and I think Alex is absolutely right. I think there's something in the way academia works that um, encourages or enables perfectionism that may draw people who have more perfectionistic tendencies. Um, so I think we that's that's something, of course, that that we all three of us are thinking about. What what is it about academia that um, that either encourages perfectionism, keeps it alive, or maybe is neutral, but then draws people who are perfectionistic? And I don't think it's neutral. I think there's something in our system that makes makes existing perfectionism worse. You speak in the blog, Simone, about experiencing anxiety in the past 
from trying to reach this perfectionism. And um, I wondered how this impacted on your work, particularly kind of in the early stages of your career. Yeah, I think back then I thought it was actually a good trait to have. It took me a while to realize that striving for perfection actually is not a good thing. So I think I had, had made myself believe that by wanting to deliver perfect work, I was actually better at my job than if I would accept good as good enough. Um, and, and as you start noticing that it's really hard to deliver perfect work, you don't immediately, at least I didn't, challenge your assumptions. You think that you're just to blame, you're at fault, you as a person aren't working hard enough, aren't talented enough, aren't doing whatever you need to do to deliver this perfect work. So that causes anxiety because you feel you're failing and you feel things will go terribly wrong if you don't deliver this perfect work because everybody ex expects it from you. That's what you believe even if they haven't explicitly said they expect it. So it becomes this, this, this self-perpetuating phenomenon where as soon as you experience anxiety because you cannot deliver perfect work, you try to work harder instead of challenging the notion that you need to deliver perfect work or even challenge the definition of perfect because that's an interesting exercise too. I mean, what is perfect? But I thought I knew what perfect was, probably also because of the system I was in. And I thought I, I should be able to deliver it. I began to doubt whether I could always deliver it as my early career progressed. And that gave me huge anxiety because I wanted to do a good job. But I thought doing a good job was doing the perfect job. And was there anyone in particular at that stage, any kind of mentors or managers who helped you with that anxiety yeah it's a really great question alex um i when i look back and i've asked myself that question i actually don't think that my line managers either made my perfectionism worse or made it less bad i think i brought it into my work by myself um having that sense that I needed to always do everything perfect and that was the way to go. Um, and I, I did, really don't feel like I was whipped into shape, but alternatively, I also wasn't told to maybe reassess or I was never asked whether perfectionism was something that was in my character traits or in my way of working. It was never challenged. And I, I'm expecting, assuming that my then bosses may have suffered from perfectionism themselves and probably, like me, thought that that was the way to a successful organization. I think there's still too much of that myth that perfectionism actually makes us all work better. So what happened with me, that as I, as I started trying to be, continue trying to be perfect, and of course started failing at that more and more, Instead of thinking, oh, maybe the system isn't good, maybe perfect isn't a very well-defined concept, maybe I should just wonder why I'm even trying, I started thinking that I needed to work harder, because if I would work harder, I would be able to deliver that perfect product. And I think that then drives that vicious cycle that we just can't get out of, because neither ourselves nor our line managers nor the system will tell us to 
to reassess and to sort of take a deep breath and a pause and wonder why we're doing what we're doing. I really like that idea of bringing it into the light. I really connected with your thoughts actually in in your blog on the connection between procrastination and perfectionism. Um, And it sounds like you managed to push through that, but do you have any thoughts about people who might be procrastinating to the point of not producing anything? Yeah, I think, Alex, the, the, the relationship between perfectionism and, and, and procrastination or just being unable to function is what, what I find the most serious aspect of perfectionism, where people are so afraid of making a mistake that they don't even want to start. And I think that's in the way of many incredibly talented, talented, intelligent, potentially super productive um, people. And, and yeah, what I would want to say to them is, is try to look at what you're doing, try to work on your definition of, of your output, try to find colleagues and line managers who can help you redefine the outputs that are, that are being asked. Um, get a psychologist if you need, do lots of introspection, really start looking at yourself because I think the moment you understand it, you start seeing it it starts losing its grip that's what happened to me when i started realizing that i would actually be just fine being mediocre it it, my my world started changing and i had luckily i've never really come across the piece to the point where i would procrastinate certainly in areas i think we all have that but if you're if you're a full-time procrastinator of course that gets in the way of, of everything that you should be doing to be successful in life so, so I think it's something that, that people need to take seriously, but also line managers can, can absolutely help their, their employees, their, their team members um, in the ways that they're asking them to, to deliver. Yes, yeah, so I don't know, do, do you have, sorry to be turning the table on you, but I know you, you've blogged about this too and you've developed thoughts. I'd actually be interested to hear from you whether that was something that was in your way, and if so, how you managed to overcome it? Well, to be honest with you, I can't really relate to the notion of perfectionism because for me, um, as someone who lives with anxiety and also depression um, in quite a chronic way sometimes, I'm, I'm normally trying not to fail actually, rather than trying to achieve any sense of perfection. So I think that's where I come from. Um, And Alex, who is actually my line manager, will probably be able to relate to you that I have have lots of projects that I often promise I'm going to produce and I will sit on them for a long, long time. Um, And I managed to write the blog. And actually, it's quite interesting because the blog which I wrote I looked back at it the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, that is, um, it's far from perfect. But what really impressed me was the amount of reception I received on it. And that really inspired me and taught me a lot. Um, Reception from people I'd never met and including from yourself, Simone. So I kind of think you can produce something that's not perfect at all and it can still influence and it can still touch people. And I think that's what I've learned and you've really helped me to learn that and and so is Alex. Yeah. 
So, so Alex, could you give me your perspective as a line manager? How do you deal with, with your colleagues' um, perfectionism or fear of failure, um, procrastination, or the combination thereof? That's a difficult one. And I think it comes down to perhaps one area where you have to kind of, what I would say, demand a lot of yourself. And that, that's in terms of a certain ethics around exercising judgment. Um, and I don't mean judging people. And I mean exercising judgment as in a very, it's a, it's a duty to kind of try and assess an individual empathetically, trying to understand what would help and trying to make sure that when you do intervene, because any any kind of dialogue is an intervention that can have consequences that you don't intend. So I think a lot is, is, is measuring words and trying to be um, mindful of the impact that can have on an individual, but knowing full well you can get it wrong. You know, so encouragement can be a burden because the expectation can be, you know, you can say nice things about you and say, you're, you know, you're wonderful, you can do this. But there are the ways in which you have to be careful with that because that is also then an expectation. So I think in relation to you, for example, it's learning to understand who you are a bit better uh, as best I can. And something I appreciate from you as my line manager, Alex, is your your willingness to listen. And this is a question for both of you, I suppose, Simone and Alex. Do you think it is important to talk about mental health and vulnerabilities and, and challenge personal challenges in the workplace? Do you think it's important? And also, like, why do you think it's so important? Or do you think the workplace is a place that should be just for work? No, I think it's extremely important to talk about mental health and, and the challenges we all face, because I think the biggest problem is that there's this myth that everybody else knows what they're doing and in, the individual doesn't. The sense, the imposter phenomenon, of course, which is closely related to striving for perfectionism, um, so, so for me, it's been incredibly liberating as I uh, yeah, went up the career ladder to realize that I had lots and lots of very successful colleagues who were also struggling and who also didn't get everything right immediately and who didn't know exactly how to deliver the perfect product. And um, yeah, realizing that we were, we were all trying to figure it out together and we all have our fears and anxieties. And so I'm a firm believer in using um, that, that shared vulnerability, the, the, the empathy, the listening, the being able to actually say that you don't always have it right, which will then enable us to, to come together and also to support each other because my vulnerability is probably going to be slightly different to yours and to, to others. So, so if as a group, you can you can sort of counterbalance each other's vulnerabilities 
um, I think you're going to be much stronger because for me, this this the plague of perfectionism also is very related to the isolation that we sometimes feel as academics, the sense that it's our own project at which we as individuals will fail. Because as soon as it's a group project, the, the burden, the, the pressure on any individual, I think is a lot less. And if you, know, you have a bad week, but my week is actually going well, and I take some of the stuff off your plate, and then next week it's the other way around, I think this whole sense of, of what, what each of us need to do to make a project succeed becomes so much lighter. I think it's about lightness and not taking everything so incredibly seriously. And I think it's just easier to do when you're working on things together and it doesn't feel like your, your value as a person depends on whether you finish this particular task perfectly or not. I like what you're saying about as you've moved up through your career, that you've discovered more and more people with different vulnerabilities. But do you think that the idea of tolerating failure is actually easier to believe in, I suppose, when you've reached a position of authority? Oh, it's a great question. I've never really thought about that. Um... God, I probably need to think about this more. But just for now, um, no, actually, I don't. It's more, it's more maturity, and sometimes that goes hand in hand. But of course, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so, and so I think actually, a lot of people in positions of power, authority, lots of responsibility, um, are still incredibly afraid of failing, and and maybe it's even the the reverse, the converse, that is that the more responsibility you get, the more anxious you may become about failing because the consequences, of course, will be so incredibly visible and so huge. So, so I think for me, it's more just my own growth and my own ability to reflect and to understand myself better, to understand colleagues better, that has made it easier for me, has made me lighten up a bit more, be more playful, not take myself and my my um, my tasks and my the outcomes of my work so incredibly seriously. And that has helped a lot. So I, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily so that if you advance in your career, you'll you'll ease up. I think you need to work very hard at it when you're when you're used to being perfectionistic. It's just hard work to get rid of it, but it's it's really worth it. And and in higher education, do you think that, you know, this this attitude, do you think it's accepted by other people? Yeah, so I, I think, Alex, it's actually not just accepted, it's 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 encouraged. I think we all believe that that if we strive for perfect as a collective, we'll do a better job. I think that's that's at the root of, of the issue, at least to some degree. So if collectively we would say good is good enough and sometimes mediocre is actually just fine. So now a large percentage of the population is mediocre or below. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's that their work is terrible. So yeah, I think there's something about academia that makes this worse. For me, it's, it's the expectations plus the fact that we're so focused on individual work and individual outcomes. 
I really do think there's a lot of comfort in group work and not having to shoulder particular issues all by yourself, not feeling that if you can't produce today, everything will come to an end. If you know you're in, you're together. And also the knowing that there are deadlines for the whole group. I think it's easier to meet them than when it's just your own deadline when you're perfectionistic. Alex, you mentioned earlier about the connection between perfection and academia and the institution. How do you see that in terms of what Simone's just said? I think my thoughts coalesce around the basically obviously very much agreeing with Simone in the sense that it's it's a very psychological kind of approach and it's one that's based on care for the self and 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 all of those kinds of things I think my views tend to mirror it but I tend to look at it more sociologically in my head so I tend to see how how structures become embodied how ideology becomes part of who we are the language we use so when I when I hear about um, perfectionism, it's a bit like the point I made at the beginning. I, obviously, we need to reflect deeply on behaviours and and expectations from work, but I also see how how the how various academic fields are set up, how the government has projected higher education, how you know things I said before about the value of higher education is often very instrumentalized so it becomes very much pressured on showing your value and there's a very funny phrase by a, a sociologist of education in one of his articles that, that says our days are numbered literally and it combines that feeling of being measured but also never quite being good enough in that sense that our future is never quite assured and I think those kind of fairly toxic kind of uh, pressures generate senses of perfectionism because the goalposts move, the you know the language we use about higher education becomes quite judgmental. So I think it's an insidious system that multiplies with a, a kind of individual traits that that magnify. Um, feelings of um, inadequacy, not quite good enough, just about to get the sack caught out, all of those kind of feelings, the, the feelings of failure around projects. So I think it's, it's quite a toxic combination of psychology and, 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 and system, if you like. That's how I tend to see it at its worst, you know. Simone, did you want to respond to that? Yeah, I totally agree with, with everything Alex was just saying. And I think this notion of it's never enough, it's never good enough, it's never enough. I think that's something that we really need to, to keep in mind um, because therein lies the problem that no matter how hard we work, how, how close to perfect we perform, it's never enough. And next time we need to do even better or we need to do even more. And it's, it's just never ending um, yeah, story. So I, I think it's very important that we as a collective set the tone, change the values, um, think about 
what universities are really for, why we're in the world, what, what, what does it mean if we do really good work? Uh, but also as individuals, we keep ourselves in check because it's very difficult for an average line manager or vice chancellor um, to stop uh, people in our community from overworking, from not, not sleeping enough, from being too anxious, too stressed about things that are relatively unimportant. We, we can't do that. So I think we have a collective responsibility to build systems at least in a way that they don't exacerbate the problem, but also uh, encourage individuals to, to take care of themselves and set goals that are achievable. I'm just looking at, at my blog right now and I'm seeing a comment uh, by a PhD student, I guess it is a PhD student or aspiring PhD student in Dutch and translated, it's a very short comment. So he says, he's a he, um, so in my application for a PhD, I should just be good enough, inverted commas, as if, as if it's a criticism. And my answer would be, yes, you should just be good enough, because when is good enough actually such a bad thing? But apparently in his brain, good enough is really terrible. So yeah, I think we, we all need to work together on, on bringing our expectations of ourselves and of our workplaces and communities to a to a humane and sustainable level because i'm i'm convinced we're not playing a more important role in the world we're not doing better work if we we keep feeding this these perfectionistic tendencies i think it's actually in the way of doing our best work when you contacted me about my blog simone which you kindly did you actually mentioned to me the value of blogging as a form of reflection and then I noticed that this podcast is called Changing the World. So my question is, when you're writing these blogs, are you writing them as a form of reflection or are you trying to create change in the world? Another brilliant question. I think both. It, it's, it's definitely a form of reflection. I really like putting my thoughts on paper and the things that I've I've learned about myself and, and about work and about the world, but I'm also a firm believer in individual action, being able to change the world. If we all do the things we can do as individuals, of course we can change the world. So yeah, it's hopefully my small contribution to changing the world. Yeah, I just, well, I would like to honestly say thank you. I found this um, conversation incredibly helpful and informative and also inspiring so thank you very much Simone and thank you Alex thank you for your time thank you for inviting me to come and ask the questions I really appreciate it and thank you everyone for listening thanks Alex and Alex um, it's been really great it's always it's always wonderful to be able to share thoughts with people with similar ideas and, and different ideas as well so thanks a lot this was great The problem with perfectionism, how trying to reach the unreachable is making us unhappy. What is wrong with wanting to deliver perfect work, with wanting to be flawless at what we do? My short answer is a lot. I believe the wish to be perfect is in the way of achieving our potential as individuals and of reaching our most important institutional goals. It has taken me a while to realize that perfectionism is not a good trait to have. 
Before this started to dawn on me, I thought that wanting to get it exactly right every time was the best way to be successful. My upbringing, my education, my drive to produce particular outputs that I thought my employers wanted, a high dose of internalized societal expectations, they all contributed for a couple of decades to my wish to be perfect at the things I found important. Only when I became more introspective and started searching for the source of my old too frequent anxiety did I begin to realize how unhelpful the concept of perfect is in everyday life. Who even defines it? if it indeed can be defined. How on earth can we know we've reached it? What happens when we cannot get there? Why does it feel that every time we're almost there, it disappears in the distance and we need to work even harder to reach it? It would not be so bad if we could strive for perfection while knowing full well that it will escape us and while smiling at the futility of our attempts. But that is not how perfectionists behave. Believe me, I know. For perfectionists, it's quite serious, primarily because perfectionism and fear of failure are so closely related. What connects the two is anxiety about not being as good as others. People who suffer from perfectionism have often taught themselves that they don't measure up. One of the ways they can prove themselves wrong is by delivering every important task to perfection. Unfortunately, that also means that an imperfectly delivered task is by definition failure and further proof of the dreaded unworthiness. If every hard task needs to be perfectly executed and becomes a test of our value as people, if we can rarely pass that test because we will rarely deliver the perfect result, our stress levels and anxiety around having to do difficult things will be heightened every single time. And since it's not easy to do a good job while being really stressed, perfect becomes the enemy of good. Perfectionism and procrastination are closely related, because sometimes it's safer to not even try, which is another reason why perfectionism can get in the way. And while striving to do well is a virtue, it is sometimes enough to simply be good or okay. Otherwise, it can all too easily become a vicious cycle. I would bet that universities have a higher percentage of perfectionists in their communities compared to other institutions. It is the way in which we recruit, the language we use, what we look for, how we select, but it's also our culture that keeps this tendency going once people are in the university. There's a lot of comparing, competing and ranking in how we assess our students, but equally in the way we judge our colleagues' output. To reiterate, perfect is an elusive and thereby relatively useless concept. What is perfect one moment may not be so perfect the next. We need to seriously ask ourselves, why even try? What happens to failure as a necessary step to innovation? What happens to the joy of learning and teaching and doing research? Life is messy, people are fallible, learning is a journey, not a destination, and perfect is an illusion. What's the problem with that? It is okay not to take ourselves so seriously and laugh at our feeble attempts to get it exactly right every single time. And we should extend this approach to others and not place unreasonable demands on them. We sometimes need to cut each other a bit of slack. Even if we could define and reach perfection, the energy we have to spend on trying to achieve it is not proportionate. We should use it to pursue more worthy goals instead. 
if we stop chasing perfect, we can also let more lightness and pleasure come into everything we do in our work. We owe it to our entire community of staff and students to sometimes truly find good enough, good enough. There's no reason to fear that we will do less well as a university and that our outputs will suffer if we embrace that concept. On the contrary, if we wish to lift the burden of perfectionism, we should define important but attainable outcomes and create a culture in which we can work collaboratively towards those without unsustainably high stress levels. As a result, we will be creative, compassionate, innovative, successful, and a lot happier. That will enable us to achieve wonderful and worthy goals as individuals and as an institution. On top of that, we will equip our students and ourselves with the important realization that we're fine just the way we are. Wouldn't that be perfect? Thank you for listening. Please look out for further podcasts and follow Simone on Twitter at S.E. Voitendijk. You can also follow the University of Leeds on Twitter at University Leeds.